This is Kai Foser and you're listening to the Full and Focus podcast. Welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and I hope you've all had a great weekend triggered by a fantastic three points in South Wales on Friday evening. Was this our best result of the season? Here to dissect it, firstly, is a man for whom December could not come soon enough. He's a big fan of Christmas. He's Welsh and he knows he is. Ipso facto, it's Matt Baldwin. How you doing, Baldo? My God, what an introduction. <laughs> Oh, there's some in-jokes in there that will be lost on most of the audience, but that will get a lot of chuckles from the rest of the group. Fantastic intro, must be said, sir. <laughs> also joining me is Baldo's Tinder right-hand man. Just don't ask him for the stats on that particular topic. It's the man from Margate, Matt Statoasa. How you doing, mate? And more importantly, how are Moncton FC getting on? Oh, hello there. Hello there. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, I guess prior to today, we were on a six-match unbeaten run we were. And then I agreed to do the podcast and we lost 3-1 today. So I think there's some kind of uh, voodoo going on here when I do the pod and when, and when Moncton Maybe. play. But yeah, you know, it, it's all good. Maybe. But, you know, it, they, they, they were the division above us. So, you know. Well, speaking of unbeaten runs, four matches unbeaten for the Super Whites. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about Swansea. Fulham. Right, so let's get straight into it then. So the starting lineup, there was a surprise in AK-47 being available for selection after leaving the cottage in a protective boot on Tuesday night. He started, but Bobby Reed wasn't quite so lucky and missed out at the Liberty Stadium as Josh Onoma made only his second start of the season. Stato, talk me through the lineup and how did you think Josh Onoma got on? Um, yeah, sure. So uh, the starting eleven. The back four and the goalkeeper was fairly standard. Obviously, there was question marks around whether Bobby Reed, whether Kamara, whether Harrison Reed would be fit. Obviously, the two Reeds weren't. I was glad to see Kamara come in. It's good to see that the injury wasn't too serious because, you know, he's been in good form as of late. And I think it's good to keep up the momentum of him being in good form. And I think he had an all right game. Um, and then obviously, Onimo came in. And uh, I don't know if he's lacking confidence or something, but I just don't think he was. He, was, he wasn't anything special, to be honest. I'm not sure what he offered. I know he got an assist, rather bizarrely. But I, I don't know. He just, he didn't he didn't do much for me. And he's had a few games now, and I don't really see what he offers. Yeah, I think, I think the only thing he does offer is uh, a, a bit of strength in depth to the squad when you've got three games in a week, because, you know, the... The midfield are are looking a little bit light at the moment with um, with Harrison Reed and Bobby Reed both being injured. Baldo, let me bring you in here. What did what did you make of the lineup and and specifically uh, Josh Onama? Uh, I, th- I think Matt Arter's more or less said everything that everything that I was going to say. And I I do question whether or not it is a confidence thing with Josh Onama because this is only what his. I'm not going to mention how many appearances because as we discussed in the chat, I'm not very good with how many times things have happened so far this season. I'm sure Sato will be able to fill me in. Maybe his third appearance of the season so far, something along those lines. So it does seem a confidence thing that, you know, Parker hasn't really shown much trust in him so far this season, but just as an overall performance thing, I didn't think he did too badly. It's not like he would, you know, embarrass himself or gave a performance that made you think, hang on, you know, What's he doing? Let's send him back to Spurs or whatever. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible performance. At the same time, there is still a lot more that, that can be coaxed out of him. Absolutely, if he is going to be a vital member of the of the team going forward, yeah, I don't. I can't see him being a regular starter by by no stretch of the imagination. As Matt Arthur said, maybe a rotation option for when we have three games in a week. Absolutely, but I don't think he's sort of nailed down a position to even be considered to be a first-choice player you know, after what he's been able to do. Maybe it's a fitness thing as well, though, because he's he's not played much recently. Um, he, he didn't play much last season. I think he had a long-term injury, um, and he certainly hasn't played much for us so far. But 
A man who is starting to play a bit more for us uh, is Marek Rodak. And anyone who is on the fence about Fulham's best keeper at the moment surely can't be in, in any doubt now that the big Slovak is our number one. He made two great saves in the opening six minutes, Stato, and went on to have a pretty decent performance. Yeah, yeah, he had a fantastic game. You know, uh, he, unlike Bettinelli, he kind of get that impression that he gives that confidence behind the defense that you know kind of breathes through the team. So you know, he's got confidence, and then that bring that you know that gives the defense confidence. And you know, I just feel like he's a, a really solid goalkeeper. Um, people say he could have done a bit better on the goal we conceded. I would disagree but you know in terms of the saves he made some of them were world class especially the one within the first few minutes from that one-on-one I mean he just made himself look big and it was a fantastic save then he followed up with a double save shortly afterwards and you know on the break you know the whole performance wasn't the best from us and you know if we didn't have him in in go there I think the scoreline would have been very different yeah, and you say about making himself look big, but I saw in the uh, in the interview at the end on Sky, he was stood next to Mitro, and Mitro's He's a big huge. old boy, but he he towers over Mitro, doesn't he? <laughs> it made Mitro look tiny, and we, yeah. we know that's not the case. He's enormous, absolutely enormous. Uh, Baldo, what about you? Uh, what are your thoughts on Marek Rodek? Yeah, I think. I think he's been fantastic since since he came here. You know, this this shouldn't really be a surprise because I remember towards the end of last season, me and J Mac and I think Morgan, it may be another maybe been other people as well, were sort of discussing about the goalkeeping position going forward. And we were sort of saying, you know, Marek Rodak was getting a lot of praise from Rotherham fans uh, for the way he can see, even though I think they conceded the the most amount of goals last season in the in the championship but Rotherham fans just couldn't get enough of him so we were sort of saying you know should he get some consideration going forward and obviously showing now exactly why he get that yeah fantastic efforts you know could have done better with um with Swansea's goal but I think in the grand scheme of things given how well he performed in the first half making those saves he sort of he's sort of in credit as it were so I'm not going to get too angry with him for, for the Swansea goal, just because he did so fantastically well in the first half. The thing yeah, I will say about Rodak is um, with Bettinelli, you can kind of see that the championship is very much his level. Um, you know, not to be harsh to Bettinelli, but, you know, he's just a kind of a bang average championship goalkeeper. But with Rodak, he's only 22. He's showing promising signs. And you would think that if we were to get promoted, he could potentially hold his own in the Premier League, whereas Bettinelli couldn't. And that's quite an encouraging sign for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. From what we've seen of him so far, he looks excellent. But I always used to think it's about Joe Hart as well, which is a bit of a random thing to bring up on a Fulham podcast. But Joe Hart was always uh, talked about as being this fantastic goalkeeper when he was at Birmingham and then he broke into the Man City team and then got into the England team. And I always thought to myself, when he has a bad run of form, that's when you judge him. Uh, you judge him on his character and how he reacts. And he kind of just lost all of his confidence and dropped out the Man City team. And now he's at Burnley and not even getting in the team at Burnley. He's not even playing at the moment. So I think the the judge of a, a goalkeeper is often, you know, how they react to their mistakes. And as Rodak, apart from the red card that he made, uh, that, that he got at Middlesbrough, hasn't made any mistakes so far, then, you know, all the while things are rosy, then, then we're going to be singing his praises. So a long way that continued. Um, let's get a word on Swansea because I, I thought that we started the game in the first two or three minutes quite well at the Liberty Stadium. Um, but then Swansea really imposed themselves on us. I felt our defending at the t- at times was was a little bit sloppy. And Baldo, the one time that Swansea did beat Marit Rodek, they hit the post. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sort of t- that sort of took us a little bit by surprise somewhat um, when really shouldn't have because Swansea have been a very good team this year despite losing. Um, two of their best players in the summer in Dan James and Olin Burney and then their main centre-back Joe Roden as well has been injured so it shouldn't really have surprised us just how good they were and they've sort of kept this style up that they've had you know, through the years of high-pressing and all that sort of stuff so it shouldn't really have stopped, uh, shocked us but you know we've seen this yet we're not exactly the best starters in games, we haven't started quickly or started well all that often so yeah I think we got a little bit lucky in that sense, because if they had managed to get, you know, a goal early, you know, would, you know, would that have uh, been able to, would they have been able to you know, keep the pressure on top of us? Similar to QPR, how when they 
you know, they scored early and for the next 15 minutes or so, they were bang on top of us, on top of us. Yeah, against a good team like Swansea, would we have been able to get away with it? I, I don't think we would have personally. So I think we got lucky in a sense. Well, we did soak up the early pressure and then we took the lead. Joe Bryan's put the ball into the box. Abubakar Kamara's hit the crossbar and it's bounced back out. And Mitro's nodded it in for his 14th of the season in the 22nd minute. I say it every time, but how good is Mitro? I love how much he loves Fulham. Stato. Uh, he's he's great, isn't he? Like I'm in a I'm in a group chat with a load of my mates who just talk about football and they're all different fans and everything. And whenever Fulham are on, we just talk about Mitro and just how much of a beast he is. Like he he shouldn't be in that league. Like we are so lucky to have him in the championship. And you know, it's partly down to the fact that he's so settled in London and you know, he likes playing for Fulham and he's he's just a man who likes you know, he knows what he likes and thankfully it's with us and you know, the goal was very well taken. You know, it was just, it was just a simple tapping, but you know, it's, it's, it was his positional sense that it was a typical goal poacher. He knew where to be, you know, if the ball came out and it was just, yeah, it was just a well-taken goal against the runoff player as well, I'd say. So, you know, it was, it was a, per- it was the perfect time to score. And he's kept himself on side really well as well, hasn't he? Because it would have been yeah. really easy for him to go early. I think if he was in the Premier League, you know, those little blue lines on VIR would come out and, you know, it might have been nil-nil. And similarly, there was the question of whether it was a foul in the build-up. And you know, it makes me thankful that we're not in the Premier League when it comes to things like that. Because... Yeah, no let's count. not get started on VAR, for goodness no, sake. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, so we're 1-0 up. Baldo, I felt Dennis Doy had a really good first half. We were talking at the time... Um, about who our best player in the first half was. And I really thought Dennis had a good game. What did you make of our charismatic Belgian defender? Yeah, as you said, fantastic. You know, once we got through those ner- nervous early stages, I don't think many of the team put a foot wrong. And Dennis Adoy is, was one of them. And I think, go back to what Matt Arthur said about Bettinelli and Rodak and this being championship level, I think Dennis Adoy is more or less in the same boat. I think he is a championship level defender um especially especially right back because he's played more or less everywhere across the, across the back line so yeah i think a right back this is certainly his level now he's starting to get um get a run again not only does he have uh, Sessignon nipping at his heels he's also got cyrus christie um trying to get his position now so i wonder if that's just a little bit of extra motivation for him to say right i've actually got to you know, put some work in because i've now got two players coming from my position rather than, rather than just one i think I think what a lot of people tend to forget is that when we first bought Adoy, we bought him as a ride back. And when he first, when we first came in, it was between him and Fredericks. And, you know, he was more than competent in, in the championship as a right back. And obviously Fredericks was, you know, because of his pace, he was kind of preferred to him. And then when we came up, Adoy, well, on the way up, Adoy kind of switched to centre-back with Ream. And, you know, he was okay at centre-back, but, you know, he wasn't perfect. And then that continued in Premier League. And obviously he was not a Premier League level centre-back. So, yeah, people were kind of quick to, quick to forget that he's a perfectly competent right back in the championship. And, you know, he's proving it. And I've got to say, I, I don't know, he's, he's improved his crossing drastically. Like Some of his crosses in the Swansea game and obviously in the QPR game, he can get some proper whiffers in, can't he? Like, I, I, he must have been practising down on the training ground or something on that. Yeah, he gets a lot of unfair sticks sometimes, Dennis Adoy, um, probably because he is uh, liable to make the odd mistake here and there. But generally, I, I think... He's he's a player who, when he's on form, he's he's worth the entrance fee, which for a defender is you know is quite something. But I I, I really rate him. I, I think he's a great player at this level, as, as are a lot of these players. Um, speaking of the right side of the pitch, I felt that aside from his assist for the goal, Abubakar Kamara was pretty anonymous. Um, but at the same time, he didn't do an awful lot wrong aside from the yellow card that he got for a silly foul. Um, Baldo, what did you make of AK-47's performance? Um, I think that personally, I think the injury, well, not too much of an injury, the knock that he sustained uh, in midweek certainly had certainly had an effect on his style of play because you saw um, how he was basically limping off and the reports were that he came, he was in a, in a walking boot afterwards after the game. So the fact that he was then asked to play, you know, 72 hours later, I, I personally think the fitness had had a bit of an issue, uh, had a bit of an issue to play with that. But the fact that he managed to put in, you know, a decent enough performance, a bit sluggish, but decent enough, despite the injury, 
is really just a testament to just how well he's come on in in these in these recent weeks. You know, lots of discussion about whether or not he's good enough to start, or whether or not he's a substitute player, whether or, you know, some discussion in the summer whether or not we should should get rid of him. I think he's now proven in the last couple of weeks that, and our past couple of days in particular, that he really does offer offer, offer something something to this team, whether or not it be you know starting or from the bench. So I think you know all credit to him. Stato, anything to add? Um, yeah, I, I agree mostly with what Baldwin says. Um, I think uh, this season, Kamara is showing he's showing a certain level of maturity I don't think we've seen before. Um, whether Parkinson had any influence on that, I'm not sure. But you know, he, you know, he's just you can see in his game now that he's you know rather than going on bombarding runs and trying to shoot, he's being a bit more sensible, being a bit more pragmatic, you know, going for the short pass to Mitro, trying to hold it up a bit more. And yeah, I think, you know, he was still wasn't fully a hundred percent for this game, but you know, there's still, there's, you can see there's a clear difference from the last couple of seasons with him and, you know, long may it continue. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, just before half time. There was a defensive mistake by Swansea. The ball was intercepted by Ivan Cavalero, who squared the ball to Josh Onoma. He managed to fall over slash dummy it, and Mitro was stood right behind him, and he took a touch and stuck the ball into the roof of the net for his 15th of the season. Perfect time to score, Baldo. Yeah, absolutely. I think oh, I just took, took the words right out of, out of my mouth. It was the per- perfect time to score because right before half time, again, Swansea would have felt that they could get could get back into it, you know, based on what they did um, uh, early in the half. So the fact that we managed to go in two 0 up and basically a big momentum change uh, really was really was fantastic. You know, Josh Onoma, uh, there's an element of luck in there. I, th- I think it has to be said. If Mitro doesn't bury that, or if that, or if his deflection takes it away from Mitrovic, I think we're having a very very different conversation about it, not taking it as lightheartedly mm-hmm. uh, as we are. So I think he got incredibly lucky, incredibly lucky with that. Well, yeah, you make your own luck. But, yeah, so we've, we've gone in 2-0 at half-time anyway, which, you know, before the game, I probably would have taken a draw, to be honest, at, at, at the Liberty Stadium. So, delighted to go in 2-0 at half-time. In, at the start of the second half, I felt we looked really confident, specifically Tim Ream. He was almost playing um, on the halfway line a lot of the time. I thought he looked really confident. In a month or so's time, Michael Hector's available to, to play as we head into the new year, but I don't really see an obvious choice for him to replace as things stand, Stato. Yeah, um, I think you know, at the beginning of the season or when Hector was announced, there was kind of the, I guess, understanding that Reem would be the one to give way because, you know, Alfie Mawson, he's a lot younger than Reem. He's kind of a bit more proven at Premier League level. But, you know, Reem has more than held his own. And similarly to Adoy, you know, at the championship, this is their level and they can absolutely boss it. And it's almost it's almost a hindrance for us because you know, if we were to get promoted, we're back at the step we're, we're back at the same stage last year where Reem, Adoy, uh, Johansson, they're just out of their depth. And but then the championship is kind of almost above them, or they're, they're almost above the championship. And you know, it's, it's a tricky situation. But you know, Reem, he's just he he knows he knows the championship. He's been in it for many years now with Bolton. And with us, and yeah, he's just top class. Um, we, on this basis, I can't really see how Hector fits in unless there's a giant injury or something. I agree with you, but it's it's going to bring the best out of Reem, Mawson, and Hector, isn't it? The fact that those three are vying for two positions. Hopefully, that will that will bring the best out of them. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, and also, there's the fact that you know the championship is is a long old season, and yeah. Reem, he's thirty three, I think, thirty four. Yeah. I wouldn't expect him to start all 46 league games. Um, and, you know, at the moment, if he does get injured or he doesn't play, our backup is Adoy at centre-back or La Marchand. And, you know, yeah. both are terrible options. So, yeah. the quicker Hex he can get in, the better. It's funny because you, you, you think at the start of the season, people say, well, the games in the Championship come thick and fast. But you forget, don't you, quickly, when, when you've played in the Premier League... Um, the, the fact that, you know, you have one or two games a week, it's normally one game a week with the occasional midweek game. But in the Championship, you know, we had three games last week, we've got three games next week. It really is. There really are a lot of games and you can see why you need the squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's where squad depth becomes important. Um, 
And, you know, I think we're a lot more prepared than we were um, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, yeah, we got promoted, mm. but um, but we got very lucky with very few injuries to our key players. Whereas this time around, obviously, Harrison Reed's out, Harry Arter's out. Um, Steph Joe looked like he was limping towards the end. I'm hoping that's not too serious. Mm. And then, you know, we have got squad players like Onoma who, yeah, they're not great, but, you know, they can fill in and just make up the numbers, I guess. And, you know, it's also be a good time to look towards the youth team as well. Um Onoma didn't have a great game. I'd like to see what Matt O'Reilly can offer because, you know, I can't see how he's any worse than what Onoma did. Not that Onoma was poor, but he just offered nothing. And, mm. you know, it'd be good to see these players get a chance with all these games coming up. Yeah, I just want to pick up on something you said, Ben, about when we got promoted last time. I feel like last time we got promoted against the odds with that squad that we had, whereas this time there's an expectation yeah, um, I can't remember. We, we kind of were the underdogs, kind of, but I guess the season before we did get to the playoffs. So you know, we lost against Reading. So well, not necessarily, but not necessarily being the underdogs. But you look back now and you think about squad and all the lone players that we had, and there wasn't really a great deal of balance in there. We just really rode our luck and rode the crest of a wave where we were just kept winning and somehow got up against the odds. Yeah, I think I think we were kind of a team that, you know, people said, oh, they'll be up there. They'll be in the top six or something. And mm. not necessarily, oh, yeah, they'll get automatics. Whereas now yeah. people look at us. We have Mitrovic. We have we've retained a lot of players. We have got a lot of good mm. loans in like Cavalero and Knockout. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I'd wager for them to get top two or something. And, you know, that's mm. a different kind of pressure, I guess, we have to deal with. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's a fair point. OK, well... There's a great moment in the second half when Joe Bryan picked the ball up on the halfway line. He's floated the ball down to Cavalero down the left. He's held it up and then backheeled it back to Bryan, whose cross-come shot went wide with, with Mitrovic sliding in. I think um, Bryan and Cavalero linking up like this is a great sign of things to come, isn't it, Baldo? Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have these sort of partnerships going, uh, going through the team. I think it can really benefit. But you no, know, with stuff like that, you know, we've discussed in previous podcasts whether or not we want, you know, wingers to stay on their wings or if we want them to sort of keep crossing over. Because um, I think people have, people have often complained like uh, Knockhart and Caballero staying on their wings and they're not quite suited to one of them. So keep switching. Something, something along those lines, I can't quite recall it right now. But if we do have these sort of partnerships that are flourishing, do we then have to sacrifice that that need to have the winger switch. You know, if Brian and Caviera are performing well down the left, what happens for that next 10 minutes or so when Caviera goes down the right? You know, it's mm. something, that's, something that we're going to have to really work on, try and work out, you know, which is which is best for us. Yeah. Cavalero's in good form at the moment, though. He, he had a, a chance well saved by Freddie Woodman, uh, which was closely followed by another great save by Rodak. But I think Cavalero's in great form at the moment, Baldo. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, you know, probably probably one of our top five top five players of the season, I would say so far. Mitrovic probably far and away number one undisputed. Um, but then when you look at two, two, three, four, five, I think Caviero is absolutely absolutely in with a shout in 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 that sort of bracket. Right, yeah, I, I felt Swansea began to look a bit tired after around about an hour. Their their high pressing of the first half just wasn't there in the second half. Um, and I thought that we were about to take the game by the scruff of the neck and go on to win comfortably. But then they ended up getting back into the bloody game when a free kick was driven into the wall from Swansea and the follow-up ended up being headed in. Do you think Rodak could have done a bit better, Stasse, being a goalkeeper yourself? And more to the <laughs> point, where the hell was our defence? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm a Sunday League goalkeeper, but I always come to the defence of goalkeepers when it comes to things like this. So, yeah, there was a header and it was five, four or five yards out or whatever. And it was quite close to him, but it kind of makes it more difficult to save. If it was in the corner, you could dive, you can get your hands with it. But if it's, as it's quite close to him, it's kind of in the position where your hand would be or your leg would be. So you don't know whether to go with your leg or your hand. Um, he went with his hand and he got a touch on it and it just kind of creeped in. I thought for, at first, like for a split second, he had saved it and tipped it around the post and it would have been an incredible save. Um, and that's kind of it. If he had saved it, it would have been like, wow, what a world-class save. But he just didn't quite get there. But it's the fact um, that he did get to it that's frustrating. Yeah, it, it made it look a bit worse because, you know, he did yeah. get a touch on it. It, it, did, yeah. did just, it did just trickle in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, there was like two or three Swansea players lining up with a free header. Um, I haven't had a good chance to look at a proper replay yet to see what had happened. But 
um, I don't, you know, that's not the defending you want to see from, you know, a team who wants to try and get promotion. I don't know how many set pieces, set piece goals or we've conceded so far this year. I don't know if it's in the high percentage, but you know, little things like that, we need to get on top of a lot more and, you know, stamp out. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. It's it's funny, we've just been saying, well, who's Hector going to come in for because the defence are doing well, but in the next breath we're saying, well, the defence should have done yeah. better with that. So it's fine margins, isn't it, I think? Yeah. It's tough to call. Um, with around 15 minutes left, uh, Kamara was play, replaced by McDonald, which meant Johansson moved further forward and came out played as a defensive midfielder. The band is back together. Our promotion midfield of Kearney, K-Mac and Steph Joe Baldo. Good to see. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was absolutely. Um, it was slightly weird to see though, because I think you know what what you just touched on in the in the, in the last in the last topic about wanting to take the game from by the scruff of the neck. And I think that the substitution was a little bit weird, personally, because if you look at if you look at the track of the substitutions, it was um, uh, Kevin McDonald on for Kamara, so a defense defensive midfielder for attacker, defensive substitution. Then it was Christie on for Anoma, so right back for, for you know midfielder, defensive substitution. I think in that sort of situation, I would much rather have uh, Scott Parker have gone for an attacking substitution, you know, rather than try to see the game out at two one. Um, maybe try and get try and get a third personally to make make it three one, uh, help our goal difference as it were. But back to back to what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely, it's great to see. It, it, it gives everyone a little bit of nostalgia in a sense to see that. Uh, to see that mid midfield three back together, and you know a midfield that I think really would have done well in the Premier League, but obviously transfers completely screwed that up. But yeah, oh well. But I look, I look forward to maybe hopefully seeing that uh, that midfield three uh, a lot more, a lot more in the future. I hadn't even noticed it until Stato called it out on the WhatsApp chat. Actually, I hadn't realised it was those three that were on the pitch at the same time. It doesn't happen very often these days, but. Uh, a lot of people associate Steph Joe with his physical nature, but I'd like to call him out for being a fantastic professional because last season he was frozen out and sent out on loan to West Brom. But this season, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Near the end of the game, he, what an interception when one of their defenders had the, had the ball inside their own half and he's just flung himself in front of it, blocked the ball and managed to keep it in play and almost created a, a, an attack too. Stato, talk to me about Steph Joe this season. He was man of the match officially against uh, Derby in the week and, and he had another good game in South Wales on Friday night. Yeah, he he has been performing uh, exceptionally well for us. Um, I think he's the type of player that any team would more or less love to have in their, t- um, in their team. Uh, he's, like I said, he's a model professional. There's a reason he's the captain of Norway. Um, you know, he's... He kind of leads through his performances. Um, he's having to play in a more kind of defensive role, which he hadn't, he didn't do um, two seasons ago when we were last in the championship. Um, partly through kind of, you know, he has no choice because Reed and Arthur are injured. But yeah, he's just, he always puts 100% in. And people joke that, you know, he's a, he's a shithouser and he does all that. But, you know, the reason he does that is because, you know, he always put, he always like I said, he puts a hundred percent in. You know, he, he makes those fouls. He puts he puts in those sliding challenges, and you know he he's he's just there for us. And even when he went out on loan last year, which was a difficult season, a different period, it's just really good to have him back and just have him back on top form. Yeah, the last thing we would have wanted is to go down from the Premier League and lose him as well, knowing how good he is at the Championship level. So it's great that we managed to talk him round and get him to stay. Yeah, and also a big shout out to uh, Tom Kearney as well because you know he's having to play a more deeper role now, and you, you see him; he's, he's having to put tackles in, and mm-hmm. you don't really associate that with Kearney. You kind of associate him with you know going forward, putting in the balls, taking the having the shots, and you know a few years ago it was K Mac and Steph Joe doing all the dirty work, but he's had to come in and he's doing that job very well. And you know people question whether he should be captain or not, but you know he's very much doing jobs that he's not really required to do, but he's doing them very well. So, you know, that's a, I think for me, that's a good quality of a leader. It's almost a case of leading by example. He's one of those players, yeah. isn't he? Rather than somebody who's going to scream and shout. And we do have people on the pitch who will scream and shout. So, you know, there, there's there's a nice balance, I think, even though yeah. Kenny's got the armband. 
All right, well, uh, Anthony Knockart came on for Cavalero with five minutes to go. Knockart was criticised after his um, performance against Derby when he came on and tried to do everything himself. But he is a quality player. He just needs to be kept on the leash a little bit. And um, he looked like he'd been reminded of his team duties in uh, against Swansea. He wasn't on for long, but Baldo, he did add something to the team when he came on. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, touching on what I said, it, it did, did give us that little bit of little bit of spark just towards the end, just in case there there were any chances to to be created. He gave us that. Um, I, th- I think I've said I think I've said previously. I don't know if it's been in the podcast or in the chat, but I, I've been slightly underwhelmed by Knockhart this season. Um, he has some he has some good moments, like the goal against uh, West Brom. I think it was a fantastic goal. But other than that, I think. It's still there's still a lot more that need that needs to come out from him, um, to be to be brutally to be brutally honest. Before I can actually say right, this is this has been a good a good signing. I think I've said you know he goes he goes missing on some on some occasion. I think I just would like to would like to see a little bit more from him uh, uh, going forward. The, the fact that he's out of the team at the moment and Kamara starts in in front of him would suggest that Scott Parker agrees with you. I think he's very frustrating to watch because he it's it's just a simple thing. He just holds on to the ball too long. He's like, pass it, pass it, pass it. But he's just too busy just doing something else. And, you know, it's clear he's got the quality there. And, you know, he, he's, he's, it's a good player to have on our team. But, you know, I think he just, he just needs to be a bit more of a team player and less of let's just take it on and just try and take on a whole bunch of players which won't work out. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. And if he's he's the quality's obviously there, but like you say, just be less greedy. At the the last half an hour after Swansea pulled that goal back was really quite difficult to watch. It was it was quite nerve wracking, but we got through it. We defended quite well, and we and we rode that particular storm, which I think is another string to our bow during a difficult game. Stato, another another good thing to add to the team. Yeah, um, I think with this team, we have a relatively new manager who's learning things as he goes along. Um, obviously, the team, they're quite experienced in the championship, but, you know, there's a lot of naivety there. Um, and, you know, they're quite still, they're quite bruised and hurt from, you know, our time in the Premier League. So, you know, by doing things like seeing out a 2-1 away from home on a Friday night when, you know, we're under the cosh a bit, you know, that's a good, you know, it's a good judgment of character, and you know it's it's like I said, it's, it's a good thing to add to our bow. Um, and I think you know that would help. That brings confidence to the defense. Um, our defense hasn't been you know as good as we'd wanted to be so far this year. But I think as each game goes by and each you know things like this happen, they'll just get stronger and stronger. Well, let's hope so. We've got four wins in a row now, especially after all the Parker out nonsense following the defeat at home to Hull. Is this our best result of the season, Baldo, all things considering? Yeah, I think it is because, you know, it's just, this isn't a, uh, you know, most people will point to the 4 1 away at Reading, but let's face it, Reading are a terrible side, uh, or worse, terrible side at the time. 4 1 or no, home to Millwall, again, same thing, terrible, terrible side. So, Take that with a pinch of salt. I think yes. I think this is. I think yeah. Our first positive result away from against one of the bigger, bigger teams in the league. So yeah, because you know, we played West Brom, we drew with them, uh, lost to Nottingham Forest. Uh, other teams around the top of the table haven't exactly done the greatest with them. But yeah, absolutely. I think probably best best result of the season by by far. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Well, let's talk about the man of the match then. Uh, Stato, who would you give it to? Um, so we kind of covered all the players that have played well, the Rodax, the Steph Joes, uh, the Mitros. I think it's probably out of them three, uh, honourable shout to Tim Ream as well and Dennis Adoy. But for me, I think Rodak gets it because, you know, without his saves, that game could have been a very different scoreline. What about you, Baldo? Uh, I'm personally, I'm personally going to give it to Rodak just because of the way he kept us uh, in the game at the start of it, you know, and as I touched on earlier, if we'd have gone behind, I don't think, you know, it would have been a different case of would we have been able to get back into the game. So I think Rodak for keeping us in it, he gets my man of the match personally. Yeah, well, Sky gave it to Mitro, but I'd agree with you boys, to be honest. I'd give it to, to Rodak as well. I thought he was outstanding. Um, so 
Clean sweep. Rodak is the full and focused man of the match. Let's Not move on to a... we really we really do the business. <laughs> we we exactly. we're the official one. <laughs> exactly. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> um let's let's go to a Scott Park Scott Parker rating. Stato, what would you give Scott Parker out of ten for this game? Uh, I think it's a solid eight. Um, most of it was spot on. Goalkeeper defence, attack was fine. Um, midfield, uh, I know he's a big fan of Onoma, so I don't want to say there's favouritism show to him, but you know, I think a different player could have played instead of him and we would have got a better or same result, you know, like an O'Reilly or even, I don't know, maybe knockout, something could have worked there. So, you know, that aside, it's like, Everything else was pretty much spot on. Um, like Baldwin mentioned, I think the subs were a bit weird. Um, if you're going to bring K-Mac on, just do a straight shot for Onoma. Don't move Onoma out to the wide position where it was kind of pointless. But yeah, other than that, was pretty good. Eight out of ten. Cool. All right. And Baldo, out of ten for Scotty? Uh, to set, it's a seven from me. Uh, I more or less agree absolutely with what with what Matt Arthur said. But I think he's going to... I personally would dock a point just for not Try for being too defensive at the end. Yes, he got it right, but I just would have preferred to have seen us try to try to get that third goal. So he gets a point off from me, but he didn't he didn't put a step foot wrong. Other than that, so a seven. Cool, and I'd also give him an eight. I think to to go away at Swansea and and win, regardless of you know any of the circumstances, is, is a fantastic result. And Swansea being right behind us in in the league. Away from home, that's a great result. Eight out of ten for me. Cool. All right then. So we are going to have a quiz after this. Fulham. Right. So it's the return of Danny Boy's quiz. The uh, you guys at home, you can get a maximum of thirty points, and my co-host can get a maximum of twenty-four points. Round one is the Harry Arter School of Politics. To celebrate Harry Arter's confusion between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn, this round is a simple game of choices. Is it this one? Is it that one? Or is it both the same? So I'm going to come to you, Stato, first. Do you want set one or set two? Uh, Set one. Set one. Okay. Question number one. Who has made more appearances for Fulham? Tim Ream? Simon Davis, or have they made both the same? Ooh, Tim Ream. It's a zero points for you, I'm afraid, mate. Both Ah. have made 169 appearances. And after the Swansea away win on Friday night, Ream equaled Simon Davis's appearances. So we'd expect Tim Ream to overtake Simon Davis on Saturday against Bristol City. Question number two, mate. Who has the better goal-to-game scoring ratio for Fulham? Louis Saha, Alexander Mitrovic, or are they both the same? Uh, there's no way they can have the same. That would just be some crazy odds. Um, oh, uh, Mitrovic. Well, Louis Saha scored 64 goals in 144 games, which means he got one goal in every 2.25 games, whereas Mitrovic has scored so far 38 goals in 77 games, giving him a goal every 2.02 games. So you are correct. One point to you. Um, Okay, question number three. Who has scored more goals for the club? Ollie Norwood? Ivan Cavalero, or have they both got the same? Uh, right, Cavalero. Right. There's the goal against Huddersfield. There's the goal against Millwall. Was there another one? And then for Norwood, he scored a penalty against Borough. I'm going to say Norwood got more. You are correct. He got five goals, and Cavalero's got four so far. Four. Well done, mate. Okay, that's the end of that round for you, mate. We're going to go over to Baldo with set number two now. Baldo, you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, who scored more goals for the club? Matt Smith, Chris Martin, or have they both got the same? Chris Martin. Matt Smith got nine goals. Chris Martin got 11 goals. Well done, mate. That's a point to you. 
Eleven goals. I don't don't remember any. I was going to say he got a lot of stick that season, but he was actually quite good in the grand scheme of things. Mm, Good. That's that's a strong word. Anyway, (laughs) question number two: Who made more appearances, Rui Font, Jazz Richards, or did they both get the same amount of appearances? I'd go for Rui Font. Rui Font made 29 appearances. Jazz Richard made 25 appearances. Well done, mate. That's another point to you. Question number three. Which tough tackling shithouser has the worst record for bookings per game ratio for Fulham? Stefan Johansson, Michael Brown, or both the same? I'm going to say Michael Brown. Stefan Johansson has 28 yellow cards in 120 appearances, which makes that a yellow card every 4.28 games. And Michael Brown has 12 yellow cards in 44 appearances, which is a yellow card every 3.66 games. So that's a full house to you, mate. Three out of three. Well done. Thanks. Good start in round one. Or if we're using Danny, Danny math, it's uh, four yellow cards a game. <laughs> With Michael Brown, it would not surprise me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, moving on to round two, focus fortunes. You've got five guesses each year, and Danny rung me earlier and ran this past me, and I don't think I'd have got any of these, to be quite honest. So it's a tough one, but good luck to you, boys. So uh, taking it in turns, you've got five guesses each to name the 16 players who have scored only one championship goal for Fulham. To confirm, they might have more than one goal overall for the club, but they only scored one goal in the championship. This also excludes anyone who played in the old Division 1. It's specifically since the rebranding of the championship and our first season was in 14-15. So I'm going to come to you first, Stato. Syriac. Syriac, well played, mate. Syriac is on the list. It's a point to you. Baldo. Ryan Tunnicliffe. Ryan Tunnicliffe is not on the list, I'm afraid. He must have got more than one. Stato, back to you. Um, Matt Target. Matt Target, away at Bolton. Well done, mate. Yeah. Point to you. Baldo. Sean Kavanagh. Kavanagh. <laughs> Sean Kavanagh is on the list. Well done, mate. It's a point to you. Third guess for you, Stasso. Oh, centre back. Michael Maddell. Michael Maddell, well done. That is a oh. point to you. Well done. Three out of three so far for you, mate. Baldo. He must have got one from a corner somewhere. I'm going to go Michael Turner. Bit of a random name. Well done, Michael Turner. Good shout. Well done. Okay, back to you, Stato. Guess number four. Well, let's think of our awful first season. What awful players we had. Do we have to? Um, What was his name? Uh, Rohan Ince. Rowan Ince, yep, well done, mate. Yes. Four out of four, well played. Baldo. In one of the greatest performances Fulham have ever made, away at Huddersfield, I'm going to go Sakano Sikan- S- S- Fafana? His last <laughs> yeah, name was well Fafana, done. that's all I remember. You're right. Sissy, wasn't Se- it? You're right, Seco Fafana, as Danny's written. Well done. And uh, Stato, last oh, guess for you. Can I make it Fulham five so five. far. Who do we have two years ago? Um, um, Reminder cost- that we are, in, we are in the championship now. We are in... Oh, oh, hint, hint. Um, that's too easy, though. I'm, I just wanted to say a ra- random name like uh, Kostas Staphylidis. Uh, Staphylidis is not on the list, so uh-huh. he should have just gone for one of the easy ones. Should have played Baldo's it. Now gonna, Baldo's <laughs> going to tap one in. Sure. Uh, I, uh, Emerson Hindman. Oh, oh, he's got 
He scored more he, than one he's, shot. He's gone. He's gone old school, but he's got the point. Well done, mate. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, which were the easy ones have been stats? So just uh, out of interest. Uh, let's think this year, this year, this year. Joe this Bryan. This week. Yeah. Joe Bryan has won this week. Um, who scored this week? A <laughs> 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 couple, uh, couple of days ago. Yeah, a couple of days. Goal, yeah, first goal yeah. against Derby. Ah, bloody fucking what was his name? Uh, <laughs> I know it. I know it. Bobby Reed. Um, Bobby Reed, of course. That's the boy. That's the boy. Um, That's the boy. Both, you both, you both got four points in that round, anyway. So Stato, you are on six, and Baldo, you are on seven. After that round, I'm just going to read out all of the answers really quickly. So you could have had Amora Bieta, Sean Kavanagh, Syriac. Dan Byrne, Matt Target, Ragnar Sigurdsson, Thomas Callas, Nikolai Budorov, Sako Fafana, Michael Turner, Michael Maddell, Jamie O'Hara, Emerson Hyman, Rowan Ince, Joe Bryan, or Bobby Reed. Well done, lads. You've got far more than I would have got in that round, so <laughs> well played. All right, round three. This round is called That's Not My Name. We've had this round before. It's a bit of fun. Um, that's not my name, the game where you have to decide if the name I read out is that of a real professional footballer or whether Danny Boy has just made it up. You'll have three names each, so since you are leading Baldo, you can pick if you want set one or set two. I'll take set two, please. Okay, set two. All right, number one, is this player real or not real? Eagle shit of. Uh, the, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for true. You're gonna go for true, and you are correct. That is a point to you. Well done. Igor Shitov has 66 caps for Belarus and has played for loads of random clubs that we can't give a shit off about. <laughs> okay. Question number two, or name number two rather, Terry Ball. Terry Ball is in B A L L. Correct. Uh, it, it, they must it, back in the nineteen twenties and thirties. That must have been yeah. Terry, but yeah, I'll go for true. True. Terry Ball. He's made up. Ooh. He's made up. Number three. Anthony Philip David Terry Frank Donald Stanley Jerry Gordon Stephen James Oatway. <laughs> My name. Uh, I don't think Danny would have gone that far if he was making up a name. Because I imagine there must have been plenty of five name names back in the day. Yeah, I'll go true. Because I just cause I don't think Danny would have bothered to go that far deep into it. Well done. Yeah, you're right. This player was reportedly named after the Queen's Park Rangers 1973 squad by his fanatical parents. Think I'd rather be called Igor Shitoff, thanks. <laughs> Good. Well done, mate. So that was two points in that round. So we're going to go to Stato and set one now. So Stato, number one, is this player a footballer or not? Josh Onoma. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. One. <laughs> number one Shelly Crab Shelly Shelly Crab would that be a woman's football or just a man called Shelly <sighs> no that's not real that's not real you're right Danny made that up number <laughs> number two Donald Cock Donald Cock um no that's not real either he is real, and he played oh. for Fulham. He scored 44 goals for Fulham in 94 appearances between 1919 and 1922. Can't believe you don't remember that. Oh, well, you know, a bit before my time. Maybe, maybe. Bet he had a hard tackle as well. Yeah. Number <laughs> three, Raphael Scheidt. Raphael Scheidt. Um, not real. He is real. Oh, he is real. Man. A five million pound disaster from the John Barnes, Kenny Dalglish management team at Celtic. Shite only started three league games for the boys and later joined Botafogo. He lived up to his name. He did. 
All right. So moving on to round four, which is the guest of the player round. Let's just have a quick top up of the scores. Baldo currently on nine and Stato seven. So you need this one, mate. You need to go in early on this one. We got this. We got this. Fact one is eight points, fact two is seven points, etc., etc., right the way down to fact eight, which is just one point. Okay, fact number one. Shout out when you are ready or when you think you know, but you'll be frozen out if you don't, if if you get the wrong answer. Or you'll be frozen out regardless once you shout it out. Okay, fact number one. This player is six foot tall. Fact number two. He spent one season with us on loan. Fact number three, he scored two goals for the club at either end of the cottage. Fact number four, he's played for the England senior team. Fact number five, he has played for the England... Sorry. Fact number five. No, 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 no. Fact number five, he currently plays in the Premier League. Did I... Hang on a minute. Did I say he's played for England? Yes. You did. Fact number five, he currently plays in the Premier League. Premier League alone. Fact <sighs> number six, he is considered to be a defender. <sighs> Fact number seven, he was voted last season's player of the season. Oh, Stato. Who? Go on, Stato. Is it Callum Chambers? Okay, you're frozen out. Fact number eight. He plays for Arsenal. Yeah, it's Callum Chambers. It's Callum Chambers. So you came in on number seven, which gives you two points, which... It's a tie. Means it's a draw. Oh. It is a draw. So I don't have a a tiebreaker. So let's call it a draw between the two mats. Well done, mate. Can I... Can I... I, can I just say, I, I was going to say Zap Knight until I remembered <laughs> the six-foot-tall thing. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember he scored one, I think it was then later given to Andy Cole against Bolton, first game back at the cottage. Oh, yeah. um, against Bolton. And then he scored on the last day of the season against Norwich. Norwich so I thought that's yeah. what you meant. Because one was at the Putney and one was at the Hammersmith end. So I was going to say that, but then I just remembered the six-foot. I mean, well, if you said it, you'd have been wrong. It's, just, it's the same result. Yeah. Oh well. You might as well have just kept quiet. There you go. Oh well. All right, lads. Well, thanks ever so much for joining me, and as ever to you all for joining us at home. Remember to subscribe to the Full and Focus podcast if you don't already do so. This way, our nonsensical ramblings will be deli- delivered to your device twice a week, or as and when we get around to recording. The Whites are third in the league. Can we be topped by Christmas? Come on, you whites. Cheers.